Hi everyone, welcome to the Laura Horn Art Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Today I'm delighted to share with you a conversation that I had with Sanal Nathwani. Sanal has always loved sketchbooks. When she was a little girl, she filled them up with her fashion designs and today they are often brimming with flowers. Throughout her life, they have been her safe place. Born in Africa to Indian parents, Sanal grew up in England, spent time studying art in Italy and now lives in Austria. While she has always loved art, when it came to a career choice, she took the sensible option and became an accountant. She never fully let go of her art dream though, and after her youngest son was born, she made the decision to leave her career in finance and pursue her passion for painting. In this conversation, Sanal talks about the importance of drawing, how she approaches her sketchbooks, and the beautiful pressure of Instagram. I hope that you enjoy the conversation. I know that it left me feeling very inspired. We actually had this chat twice due to some technical challenges. So I want to say a big thank you to Sanal for her patience and generosity in sharing her story. So with that said, let's get straight into the podcast. Thank you once again for joining me and I know many of my listeners are very excited to hear from you. You are definitely a favourite so what I thought would be great is if we could go back and chat about how you got started painting and then talk about your process, your supplies and all of those things. So let's go back to the beginning and can you tell me I guess what some of your first memories are of painting? As I have been drawing as long as I can remember. I, I started drawing as a child and um, yeah, I'm not sure whether you know. I was born in, in Africa and, and my parents moved to England when I was three. And then we moved to lots of different houses and now it was in different schools. But the thing that was always there for me or was, was drawing and um, painting with rubbishy watercolours at that time, but um, but yeah, so I've been drawing always throughout my whole childhood and um, even up to school I did A-level art um, and then I stopped to, to go and do study something else, but uh, it's all I can, I remember it from my childhood, just drawing in my spare time and uh, copying cartoons and things like that, and, and oh, and I, was te- I have sketchbooks actually, which I forgot about until recently that for when I was 10 years old I used to make um, like little fashion sketchbooks and do these like wild dresses and things and make prices and do a little description of them so I have all these <laughs> things from my childhood because um, I wanted to be a fashion designer of course like all 10 year old girls don't they? Um, yeah, <laughs> it's funny yeah. you should say yeah. that because my my daughter is 12 and only this morning she was saying to me that she wants to be a fashion designer. <laughs> yes, see, yes, yeah, 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 yes. So, yeah, so I was one when I was 10. <laughs> I made my own catalogue. <laughs> do you still have those sketchbooks from your childhood? Yeah, I do. I have a, I do, yeah, a few of them, yeah. They're so precious, aren't they, to see what you were like when you were younger and the dreams that you had? Yeah, they're hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> they're funny. <laughs> I couldn't draw. Yeah, yeah. I priced my dresses things like six pounds ninety nine. <laughs> Did you overprice them or underprice them? I think I think I was overpricing them for the time for, that for the time. time. <laughs> so you mentioned that you loved art all the way through to the end of high school, but then you stopped. Yes. Why did you stop? 
Well, um, as I mentioned, my parents, you know, they, they moved to England and they were they had to like well, they were working really hard, you know, because we had we had to leave we had to leave um they had to leave Africa for political reasons. So um so they actually came to England with with no with no money. Um so for for them they wanted their daughters to be able to stand on their own two feet and get get you know study well, get a good job. So um, an art career for them wasn't a stable a stable thing. So they encouraged me not to actually to do art as my as my um, work. So I, I became an accountant. <laughs> yeah, I did that at universities, finance and accounting, and then I went on to qualify as a certified accountant. And I, I worked in London, and then and uh, so. But they always, of course, said you could do it in your spare time, you know, which which I did. But there wasn't much spare time. Yeah, of course, when I was, I was learning about numbers and things. So was it was it a hard decision to let go of the art dream at that age and pursue finance and accounting, or were you kind of able to see it from your parents' perspective and? Like what? How did you feel in all that? Wasn't a very rebellious child, I don't think. So I kind of listened, <laughs> and <laughs> I, I kind and also I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, the idea of um, becoming a I wasn't. They didn't force me into it as well. You know, it wasn't like that. It was just I, I was kind of. I'm a sensible. I'm no. I'm. I was a sensible one. Asked my sister, <laughs> and uh, she. And so I did. I did. Um, when I went to do the accounting degree, I, I was kind of enjoying. I had a really good time there with the university and everything, and I met my good friends stuff. So part of that whole time and learning accounting, uh, finance and stuff, it was. Uh, it wasn't hard. No, it was. Um, Good time also in my life. I do like numbers. I did maths A level too, I must say. So I do, I do, did like numbers and things. And um, so it wasn't hard. And I, I switched off. I, I used to draw a little bit, but not as much, of course, because I was, I was young. Um, luckily, in London, we were, that, that, as you know, all the London museums and things in London, galleries in London are free. So I would go to the Tay and the National. You know what? Even though I was studying accounting and finance stuff, and uh, and also my final year dissertation was um, art as investment. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of tied that in. But. You tied your tied those things together. So, how did you make your way back to art? That was when I got married. I would say uh, when I got married, my husband um, he was doing his PhD in Florence, so I went and lived with him there. For a year and a half, and um, I t- started drawing again by myself. But then I thought I needed to learn a bit more. So I found um, <clears throat> this uh, a, a wonderful atelier and a wonderful American artist whose name was Charles H. Cecil, and I think now that studio is is uh, quite quite well known. Um, but at that time, it wasn't so well known. And um, uh, although people go there for three years, I was only there for three, three or four months full time. But that's actually when I started to um, see properly again. In that atelier, they they teach you how nineteenth-century style academic training, actually, in a way, but um, not so long. So they they let, they make you draw in black and white. For quite some time, usually a year, and then they only they let you go on to oil painting, um, and they do portraits and figure and you know uh, life drawings, 
it was a daily thing, for example. So <clears throat> in in those few months while I was there, I learned a lot about um, seeing, actually. And uh, that's why I can draw realistic things if I want to. Did yeah. you enjoy that traditional style of education? Oh, at that time, I loved it. I, I, I loved it, and I was... Um, it was fascinating. It was just a fascinating time in my life. I, being in Florence, I had access, as, as well being through in the atelier, I had access to the drawing rooms in the Uffizi Gallery, and I didn't have to wait in the queue to get in. And uh, so the, the the history of that place, you you cannot be anything but inspired. So um, and 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 I wanted to learn about all that stuff, all, all that type of. Traditional. I wanted to learn that, you know, that how how to mix oil paints and how how to how to draw portraits realistically as well. Yeah. It sounds very romantic, almost dreamy when you think about it. That you're in Florence. Oh, my favorite time. Yeah, like, and my favorite time in my life. It's, uh, honestly. I was just picturing it as you were speaking about it, and just imagining you, you know, in this romantic city, painting, you know, learning something that you love. Yeah, it just sounds yeah. wonderful and not many people get that opportunity. So fantastic that you were able to get back into art after working in finances for for a while. It, yeah, it's, it's amazing because none of it, of course, like, like so many things in, with hindsight, so many things are not planned in my life. And that it, it's my, as cliche as it sounds, there is that there was a, you can see the path happening, you know, like, when I look back, I can see that this happened and this happened and this happened. All these things that led you to where you are now. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I'm curious, you had that traditional education and you've learned how to draw realistically. Do you feel like that's an important step for every artist? Well, it's certainly an important step for me. And uh, yeah, I feel it gives my work integrity. I like that I have those skills. You know, and it makes me more confident. It makes me more confident in creating work that's not realistic. I don't know if that makes sense. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And I've noticed this with many artists that are very talented. I'm not sure what the word is, but, you know, abstract work. And then when you go back and look at their history, they often have this background in very classical art forms and can draw super well. I find that interesting and I see that in your story or I hear that with what you're saying to me that you have that realistic technical training. Is it something that you would suggest for artists maybe to improve their skills to go back to drawing and sketching? Um, 100% yeah. <laughs> yeah I think draw, when, I, when people come to me for lessons um, I try to encourage them to have drawing lessons first with me. Not realistic, doesn't have to be realistic drawing, but you know, drawing just a pencil and paper. I don't, yeah, as you know, I do that quite regularly also on Instagram. You see, now I just do pencil drawings um, sometimes, and it's just you, there's so much power in a pencil on a piece of paper, and I, I can get excited just spending like time doing that, and I think people, um, because it cuts out all the the, the, the seduction of colour, right? <laughs> you, know, you know, and it's, you, you just see what a, a single line can do. And a line, lines are so expressive, aren't they? They can be. So, yeah, drawing. Also, when you look at something and draw it, you see it. You really see it, don't you? 
So it makes makes your eyes better. Yeah, because that's what you said about your your education that it you learn how to see things, and that's what drawing's all about, isn't it? It's seeing all the shapes and the lines, and and you. It's such an important skill. You've got me inspired. I want to do my I drawing. I love drawing. <laughs> drawing is the best. Yeah, it's so easy. You can draw anywhere for five minutes or two hours or twenty hours or whatever. You know. I love those little sketches that you share. Sometimes you'd be like you're doodling on a Sunday morning or something, and yeah, it'd just yeah, be yeah. like a pencil or a pen, or you know, so there's something so lovely about how it's just one, you know, one or two supplies and you and the line that you're making. That's exactly it. when it's just one. When it's a pencil and paper, whatever comes out on the on the paper is is pretty authentic. Life has to be, don't you think? You don't have all these other things that you're thinking about and other decisions to make in a way. So, And it's interesting that you talked about with the art school that you went to that they spend a long time just on black and white. Yeah, because it makes you see the, makes you see the values, right? And, and that's the most important thing in paintings. And now, though, your work <laughs> is very colourful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It is because I'm a color junkie. <laughs> but you have got that drawing background. So, how did your work transition from the more realistic stuff that you were doing when you were learning to the style of art that you have today, which is very expressive, loose, colorful? How did that happen? Yeah, the transition happened just over time. <laughs> it took a long time. Um, and I have tried lots of different um, subject matter, materials, uh, just uh, experimented a lot. And the flower thing happened because I consciously just decided one day that it's okay to, you know, painting flowers. Flowers are the most painted thing, aren't they? Flowers and people, right? And then, um, so. You know, actually, somebody once told me that only housewives paint flowers. That was before, you know, before I kind of. Yeah, exactly. I was just like, what? I've I've heard <laughs> things like that before, though. Like other artists say that flowers get a bit of a bad rap, you know, as a subject choice. Yeah, well, they obviously don't know Mr. Monet, do they? So <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, okay. Anyway, um, yeah, so I, this um, loosening up and everything, it, it happened through my sketchbooks, let's say. So that's the, mo the main thing that's helped me get to the way I paint on canvas now. My, my um, regular practice with, with the sketchbooks, my, just, painting, paint, just painting blobs of colour next to each other, making them look like flowers. I'm just thinking, you, you mentioned that you went to the school in Florence. I'm sorry, I don't know the name of it. What was it again? Charles H. Cecil Studios. So how long were you there for? So I was there um, only for like four months because I had to leave, because we had to leave Florence. Otherwise I would have stayed there. I would have loved to be there for the whole three years because then it, it, you just, you become a master. When you see the work of people that have been there for three years, you, you know it. You, you, you just can see it. So were you there full-time while you were in Florence? Yeah, I was there full-time and they were very nice to me at that time. I mean, this was a long time ago, 20, 20 plus years ago. Um, they, they were very nice to me because as I mentioned, they normally make you draw for a year 
you know, with just black and white. Before moving on to um, black and white painting first, yeah. But um, they knew that I was leaving Florence, and so they let me do some coloured oil painting too. And then, you know, they taught me a little bit about how to make the colours. And yes, I have a couple of portraits from that time in colour as well, and some figure work and you know, nudes. But it was every day, nine till four, drawing and painting, and then also in the evening, life drawing class, and also art history lectures. So it was full on. I can see how you come out of that a master after three yeah. three years. <laughs> So what happened when you left Florence? And we moved to back to Vienna. Oh, we moved to Brussels for a while actually, and uh, and uh, where I worked as an accountant, which I loved. I worked in a, such a lovely company, um, a, a cosmetic company, and all the people were from all over the world. It was a lot of fun. For six months, I did that. <laughs> so my accountancy came into play then, and um, yeah. Then we moved back. Then we moved finally to Vienna. My husband grew up in Vienna. Um, so we moved back here, and um, I got a job in a private international bank. But my my boss, she was amazing, and uh, she recognised that I love art and uh, I love to paint. And she 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 was really supportive, and she she let me put some of my paintings, my very first abstract paintings actually, in in the bank. And um, she let me do the the design for the Christmas card that went out to all the clients at that time. And yeah, so. Uh, yeah, I was still painting while working at that time, before kids. So that was before you had your children. And so were you painting at night time or on the weekends, just when you could? Yeah, that was it, yeah. And then what Then what happened? <laughs> and then, and then baby came along. <laughs> baby number one came along and uh, Austria has excellent maternity um, leave and I, I could have stayed at home for two years if I wanted without losing my you know my workplace. Um, I did go back actually part time uh, when he was one and a half I think yeah. Um, so I was still but I was painting then in the night and stuff you know when I was at home with him and I went back to work for a year properly and then my second one came and that's when I decided that I can't do everything in my life because there's not enough time and energy. So I left my job. <laughs> so you left your job and to be to be with your with your children, but also to continue painting. Yeah, yeah. The choice I, I decided. Yeah, I, as I said, I, I just I realized I just didn't I didn't have the energy to do everything and uh, the things that I couldn't give up was painting. So I had I left my job and I. Um, continued to paint more and more in the night in the evenings when they were sleeping of course and everything but uh, yeah but by that time I was um, thinking that maybe I need to make a career out of this you know I wasn't still in like I'm going to be an artist mode but I was it was just that I wanted to paint you know rather than spend my energy in an office okay so you hadn't really thought about having a career as an artist yet or in my mind I hadn't trained enough, you know, because these people, other people at that school were there for three years and, you know, and I just hadn't had enough, for me, I hadn't had enough practice and my skills weren't good enough still and so for me, having an artist career, it was still like, oh, I've got so much to learn still, so, you know, I was, I was a bit scared, I suppose, to say I'm going to be an artist, you know, when my, when, when, this was like, when my, this was 17 years ago, because my oldest son is 18 now. Uh, but I 
wanted to paint to get better. So what kind of paintings were you doing at that point? It was still on the, on the wave of Florence, so I was doing tra more traditional figurative work um, with oil paint. Um, I did a lot of copies of old master stuff like Vermeer and uh, old master drawings. Um, especially Renaissance drawings, and so I used to I used to do, you know, traditional work more, you know. When did you start to feel the pull towards letting go of some of that realism? Uh, it happened gradually. I would actually, when I think about it, I I, I see I think about some older work. I do have some Indian subjects where it would be uh, kind of some of it from my imagination. Uh, the traditional Indian women and also the cave paintings from Ajanta would take some of the motifs from that and mix it and, and paint them in the traditional in, in the in the style I learned in Florence you know so I was kind of mixing it um, and then slowly uh, I kind of realized that this realistic stuff wasn't hitting the spot I just like putting pink next to green next to blue next to yellow next to purple you know, and uh, yeah, it just happened over time. And were you working in sketchbooks a lot or were you starting to, you know, were you doing other things like canvases and bigger pieces of paper? Um, earlier on, I used to paint a paint. I used, you know, for me, painting was painting on a canvas, you know, and um, because it was, yeah, I took it more seriously then, funnily enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not weird because painting is... Um, that was my work in a way because it was being at home with the with the, kid, the, with the little children, and um, you know this was even though I wasn't being an artist as such, I was getting better and I had to, you know it was like doing the work. <laughs> you know, so um, and then over time, I I, I realised that uh, it doesn't it wasn't so important for me for to create something that's realistic. You know, and it was more about the feeling and just have, having a bit more fun. It was always fun anyway, even to try and make a realistic eye. You know, when you get it right, it's like exciting, that, <laughs> even that, you know, so, you know. I was going to say, then it, it became a different kind of fun. Yeah, it's, mm. it's just more relaxed. And I think it's also a question of age. I just, it's, it's, it's a time, this time, time thing is clever, you know. <laughs> you learn a lot. <laughs> it's, uh, you, you. It's um, also you have to remember at that time um, when I was doing all that stuff, there was no Facebook, there was no Instagram, you know, and it's pretty. It was pretty just me in my downstairs room painting till one o'clock in the morning if I felt like it, listening to whatever I was listening to, <laughs> and uh, it, it's things have changed now. I had no one to show it really to, you know. And uh, so they had no feedback, no feedback, and anything like that at the beginning, you know. So it's a very different world now, isn't it? Yeah, and and now when I when I see, I'm kind of grateful that it was like that. When I think about all the all the younger artists now with with, with small children, and they f I feel a lot of them are under pressure to to show what they're doing, and you know because you have to keep up with it, don't you, on the social media? Otherwise, you feel you feel that you're gonna disappear you know that people won't people won't see you anymore but I, I don't think that's actually true if you keep doing your work because it can feel like there's a kind of a pressure to post or else you aren't relevant anymore 
So you were working before all this or painting. Were you sharing your work with anyone or was it just mostly just a personal practice at this point? When you were really little, I was just sharing with my friends and family. Through email, you know, but not regularly, not like every day, you know, not even... Nothing regularly happened, you know, it was just uh, me just me doing my painting and getting good and then the odd person would say, oh, is that for sale? You know, a friend would say, can you, can you sell that to me? And I would and, you know, it, just, it, would build, it built up slowly, people in my bank also, and the, I, I, got, I had a few commissions for people, my other, other, other colleagues, and, um, you know, it just built up really slowly at the beginning, yeah, yeah. and it's, it's, um, it's only since I would say, since I got my studio, which was in 2013, that I feel that I can say I'm a professional artist. You mentioned your studio. Is it the fact that you're actually in a studio away from your home that makes you feel like you're an artist now? Yeah, but it has definitely. It definitely has something to do with it because when you step, when I step into my studio, my mindset is, um, this is my workplace. You know, even though it's a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> fun, yeah. Feel a bit guilty. You feel a bit guilty, guilty sometimes. But um, <laughs> uh, the studio makes me—it's my space, firstly. And um, every people that come here, they just say, as soon as they walk in, they can feel—they feel like who I am. You know, more than at home, because at home you have all the other people's energy there too, right? Which is a, which is normal, and I love it. But here it's just me, and I, I kind of like um, in my own thoughts and stuff. So and uh, it it become and to make my work more me and more authentic, it's it's been really good to have my own space here. So it's not only helped you from a mindset point of view, as far as claiming your, I guess, title as an artist, but also your work. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's it's. I mean, I'm space. Also, my work's gonna become bigger. You know, my my canvas is even though people know me for my smaller work that's on Instagram, the sketchbooks and the little mini landscapes and things. But I do do like real paintings <laughs> <laughs> too. Uh, yeah. So, how much time uh, do you spend on? I guess like the stuff that we would see on Instagram, your sketchbooks and things like that compared to other things like that maybe we don't see um yeah this sometimes the sketchbook can take me as little as 20 minutes if it's a good day you know if it, sometimes they just come out and for whatever I don't, who knows why right I mean, we do we, we come in and we do the same stuff and sometimes it works better than other days right um but that's the magic um so 20, 20 minutes to an hour, I would say, on average, for, for, for one of my regular sketchbook um, spreads, yeah. Um, and the other work, I have a lot of, a lot of canvases on the go. So I, I am quite bad at kind of keeping track of how much time I spend on each one because I do it, I just do it as I feel like it. Yeah, so they... Are you working on commissioned pieces or putting together work for an exhibition or does that vary just depending on? 
when I have commissions, I work on them. Like then, th that's what I'm doing for that week or two or whatever. That's a separate, separate thing because that is really me in work mode. You know, like like in it's a bit mean business business mode actually. <laughs> when it's a commission because I'm working for somebody else. Uh, but for all these other paintings, um, I just do them for because I want to. I don't have a goal. I would like to be in more exhibitions, but I'm. I honestly do paint because I love to paint. You know, I don't really have another goal. It sounds like it's a, a very intuitive process of co of coming in, working on what whatever feels right on that day. Yeah, it's probably not very efficient in terms of your <laughs> working time, but that's okay. That's that's what it works. It's fine for me. Uh, I think because I, I'm coming from a uh, my finance and business background, you know. For me, that idea of efficiency in painting, it doesn't correlate, you know, it's just, it's just like, I can't, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how long it takes me. I have the luxury to say that, I know, because it, I, I sell a lot of smaller stuff which keep me going, and I also teach in my studio, so that covers my, you know, I, I, cover, I cover my income base, you know, with that, which is very basic, which, which means, um, for the bigger stuff that I do, I, um, just go for it and, it and it doesn't matter how long it takes to finish until I'm happy with it, yeah. I suppose if I had like a, a set, a deadline for an exhibition or a, a deadline for an art fair, which I hope to do next year before this COVID thing happens, um, that's, that's a different thing, you know, but having said that, I do have already so much work that I think working for towards an art fair or an exhibition would be not so difficult. I, I love chatting about art supplies I think all artists do so what is it that you love to use at the moment I, I do love acrylic paint um, I actually started using acrylic paint only because when I started teaching um, privately because of course it dries so quickly and it's easy and it's forgiving and it's and it's cheaper and easy to clean up so acrylic for all those reasons I love because it's so easy um, and the way I use acrylic, I think a lot of people have said this to me that it looks that it looks like oil painting, right? Yeah, well, I I wasn't a hundred percent sure what you were using, whether it was acrylic or oil or some combination of the two. So that's interesting. No, it's just acrylic. Um, I don't even use any mediums or pastes or anything to make it look like that. But I think it's because I'm trained in oils. I have the same way of painting with acrylics. Does that make sense? What would that bay be? How could you describe it? Paint, I work a lot in layers, you know, also with, like in oils you do that, you glaze, I use glazes in oils and you build up the, you know, traditional oil painting, you know, it's, um, of course if you're painting like, like the impressionist, you do it all in one go, which I do start, I do do that in my sketchbooks actually, in a way. <laughs> so it's different on real canvases and in sketches because the sketchbooks are so quick. So with your sketchbooks, most of the time you're working in one session, sometimes 20 minutes, sometimes an hour, but it's it's not so much of a layered process. It's more of I a... I mean, it's layers as in terms of um, like layers of colours. You can mm. see that in my sketchbooks. But it's not like I go back the next day and, and, and consider what bit I want to build up and then the next day I build up another part. But on my real paintings, I would do that. I would... I go back and I see which bits I want to push back and which bits I want to bring forward. And by bringing forward, uh, I just use more paint, basically, <laughs> and, and light, light. The effect of light is very important, of course.
And do you have a favourite type of acrylic paint? I'm not very loyal when it comes to brands. I I, I use um, lots of different ones. I use gold, and of course, and I use a little bit of Liquitex. I use also some uh, well, the Amsterdam and Lucas. I I go for colours more than brands, if you know what I mean. And what other materials do you like to combine with your paints? Um, pencil often, and also um, oil pastels on the oil paintings. And I also love these crayons by Karandash, the uh, neo colour pastels. I love them. For, for yeah, for the scribbles, right? I yeah. Love them. Yeah, for those. And watercolour pencils, some of them, I, I have a whole bag of... You know when, I go to, when you go to an art shop and sometimes you kind of control yourself, right? And you don't want to buy as much as you want. You, you know, you don't buy as much as you want. But I always pick up at least two watercolour pencils <laughs> of, of different colours to kind of like add to my collection because they're like cheap. And that, those um, I use a lot in my sketchbooks. And, and those, if you look carefully, you see... Um, there's a lot of scribbling in those sketchbook spreads and lots of different colours in there, yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I've noticed when looking at them is that there's, like, depth to them because there's all these different materials and marks and it's very energetic and I'm always trying to figure out what you're using to get that effect. Yeah, it's just pencils and, and acrylic most, mostly. So when you sit down to paint one of your sketchbook spreads that are so adored over on Instagram, I have to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they often have like a, a very vibrant background colour and then you layer over the top of that. Do you choose that colour or do you just come in and go, I feel like going with a bright... Oh, no, the, the paper's coloured. The paper is coloured. So the paper is actually coloured. That's those Hey Nate notebooks. We don't make much anymore. They don't make them anymore. I didn't realise that the paper was actually coloured. I thought you were col painting the background first. No, when when I do commissions based on the, because I get commissions based on the sketchbooks, then I, of course, paint the canvas. Yeah, so which is fine. You can do that. You can use any, you can, I, I've used, um, you can paint, I've, I've done also on, on mixed media paper, you just paint it flat colour first, whatever colour you want. Do you particularly love, though, that those sketchbooks have a coloured background? Yeah, that's why I bought them in the first place. I mean, this is not what I had in mind when I first... The first one I bought was a pink one, I think, and I just bought it. I remember I bought it because just because it's a beautiful thing, because it has golden edges. You know, gold, the paper has gold edges. So I just bought it for that, and then it sat lying in my studio for about six months. <laughs> and then I just one day just opened it and started, and... Um, and I managed to get hold of, of all the other colours. Yeah, and I have, like, I think, about nine of them, 12 of them or something. Yeah, But they're going to run out, so I have to find an alternative. I'm going to make my own, I think. Yeah, it looks like you work on other types of sketchbooks as well. Um, there's a craft paper or something like the brown paper that you work on from time to time. Yeah, the craft paper one is from... Um, a friend of mine was, li was living in Vienna and she moved to the States and she had a house sale. She's Japanese. Um, she had a sale and she had lots of things like flea market kind of thing. And there were three of these craft notebook things and uh, I, I bought those. And there's no brand on them and there's no details or anything. It's just paper bound by hand from somewhere. And when they run out, they run out. But yeah, so I, I pick up paper 
whenever I like it, whenever I feel, you know, I see it, I just buy it. And uh, you can get lovely grey paper now as well, cardi papers and everything. Yeah, so. yeah I've been noticing some, some cool things around and, and different kind of papers that people use. And it just adds another element, doesn't it, to your art and gets you thinking in a different way. Yeah, those those those, those coloured pages. Um, yeah, because of course you you're kind of playing with colour a lot then, because a yellow one white and a yellow one green is so different, right? So, <laughs> so it makes you think about colour relationships and colour play and harmony and saturation and all those things. When you're working, are you working from your imagination or do you use reference? images or actual things in your studio to you know to draw on as you're creating um when when it's a commission of course i use references but for if it's a specific if it's a specific flower that people want and specific colors and i use references for my sketchbooks i pretty much um, make them up as i go along now when i first started i did used to look at magazines or Pinterest or whatever but but not not to copy it but just to to get the feel of something I think that's quite important to say because you see I know that I can draw something I've copied that old master painting so it, it doesn't to learn yeah so I think that's a really good thing when you want to learn something you should copy it but when you want to start making your own just um, do your own <laughs> you know <laughs> basically um, uh, so now when I do these big canvases I don't really have um, a reference for the composition I don't use a ready-made arrangement or anything I kind of just do start with some big sushi marks on the canvas and um, get some composition ideas on there very quickly and then I start building it up with layers and if it if it doesn't work, I just paint over a bit, you know, and then start again. And if sometimes, if I want a particular flower, then I will look look up an image, yeah, and just to get get it into my head how it should be, and then I then I do it. That's a good advice, you know, to copy things when you are learning, but when you want to kind of do your own thing, to step away from those references a bit and maybe just use them very loosely like you say like if you just want to learn about a particular flower shape I have drawn a lot realistically and studied flowers that's what I've drawn a lot a lot a lot a lot before so that's why like I said the drawing helps gives you the confidence to then then, um, make the shape of the brush mark correct you see Um, because uh, so it's 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 that it's a it's just um, and I mean, I'm talking, of course, of working in this loose way that I do now. You know, that's why I don't use references because it would it would make my work tighter. So you mostly paint flowers, or at least that's what we see a lot of on your Instagram. You also do abstracts, landscapes, other bits and bobs. Yeah, I do a lot, <laughs> a lot of different things. I do a lot of different things that I don't always show because. Instagram is my way of connecting to people, of course, but it's not my whole life. And um, I have I have sketchbooks for lots of different things, and uh, for, I have collage in some only collage pieces. I have some that are mixed of collage and ink. I have drawings only in some. I have uh, more journal type things with words. I have a whole pile of 
books. <laughs> a whole pile of mess in my studio where it's a, a collection of things that, that, that fascinate me or um, exploring or I'm curious about, just to keep records of things as well. But I'm not, I'm not very um, organized and I'm not very um, neat about stuff, you know. Your studio sounds like a fabulous place to come and visit. <laughs> uh, I'd love to be able to, you know, have a look through your sketchbooks and see all the different things that you are working on. Do you think it's important to have some stuff maybe that you aren't putting on Instagram? Yeah, for me it's important. I, I, I am anyway a pretty quiet person. Well, some people would, would disagree, but um, <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty private actually. I'm not, uh, I don't um, talk about everything that I do. I'm, I'm partly from the fact that I think nobody really cares. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't, I, I keep things for myself. Also, I think about so many different things. If I was to bombard in my Instagram feed with everything that I think about, it would just be a, a hot mess. Yeah, so I, I, I'm careful about what I put on there, um, but I must say that what I put on there is is really what I'm thinking about at that time as well. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a moment of my day, yeah, the things I, put, I show, yeah, for sure, it's real, and it's of a moment of my day, yeah. I'm thinking about how you mentioned earlier how Instagram can be a bit of a a challenge in many ways for artists that are just starting out now like it's a, another pressure do you ever feel like instagram is a bit of a, a pressure for artists oh my gosh all the time it is a pressure but it's a beautiful pressure and it's a, such an amazing tool and there's no way that i would be um like I said, people did. How would I be getting my stuff out there? This is it's my main way of getting my stuff out into the world. I feel the same way with Instagram because it's, it just it's done so many wonderful things for so many artists. I think many of us have enormous gratitude for how that's helped us to get our art out into the world. But every now and then, it can feel like a little bit of a oh my goodness, I should post something on Instagram today or I haven't done anything in a while or my Instagram feed suddenly looks rubbish. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. At the, when, when, for, before, maybe about three years ago, I think, when I, when I first started posting the sketchbooks, of course you're right, you get um, affected by, by the, the, the reactions you get on, on Instagram. You, everybody does. You, when people, when people, when when your work starts resonating with people, and people get excited about it, and then you feel like, oh, I'm going to do more of that because it's it's a dopamine hit, isn't it? It's a, <laughs> it's like, yeah, 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 it's good. And uh, uh, but the danger is that you post stuff just for posting, and you just don't do that. <laughs> you have to. Um, just post authentic stuff that you really honestly want to share and stuff that you're proud of sharing as well, I think. So it doesn't matter if you don't post every day. I used to at the beginning post every day. Now I don't. I just post when I feel like. When I, when I have something I want to share, honestly want to share, yeah. I think that's a very healthy approach to have. I feel like many of us sort of get to that point, like we might go through a phase where we're building things up and we're posting every day and then we realise that 
it's just Instagram and we've got a life to live as well. It's a really, it's a tool and it's a really good one and I'm very grateful for it and I love it. Obviously I love it and, um, but there is a danger that you spend a lot of time on it <laughs> when you should be doing other things. So, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So what are you working on at the moment? Do you have anything that you've got, I guess, any hopes and aspirations over the next few months or what's, uh, what's know, happening? Uh, <laughs> my, what's happening, dude? Um, uh, well, I've got this one painting that's been getting, getting, you know, it's, it's, a, it's one I posted a little while ago when I started it and I had the stages and now it's kind of in its stuck stage. So... I'm going to just, I think, paint over quite a big chunk of it and see where that takes me. But um, in terms of other things, um, I had a workshop planned, but which was has to be postponed um, in my studio because of the, because of the virus. Um, that's coming up, hopefully, in October, September or October. I had six ladies flying in from all over the place to Vienna, and they had to, we had to postpone it. Um, so that, because that, I don't do many of those big weekend workshops because it's, it's yeah, I don't want to <laughs> do so many of them. Uh, so that, that's coming up in, in autumn, hopefully. And my long-term aspirations, you know what I'd love, I'm going to just say this out there, I'm, I would love to have a book published with all my sketchbooks in it. Not all, but my favourite sketchbooks. Oh, I would love that too. And I'm sure many others would. <laughs> Let's put it out into the universe. Yeah, I'm going to just say it out there, that's scary. But yeah, that's what I, 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 that's been on my thing for a while. I'd love that and also I need to find a wallpaper company that wants to make some wallpaper <laughs> with my work. Those well, two things. Yes, yeah, so let's yeah. put that out there too. They both sound like fabulous ideas. I hope that we get to see those come to fruition. Well, thank you very much for sharing your story with us, taking us through your sketchbooks, the way that you approach your art and sharing with us your hopes and dreams for the future as well. It's been wonderful. Yeah, it's been lovely talking to you, Laura. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, thank you very much. You enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Laura. You too. It's evening. Have a good evening. Yeah, bye. 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 Well, I don't know about you, but I'm definitely feeling inspired to grab my pencil and some paper and do more sketching. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation. And before I go, I just have a couple of things that I wanted to mention. First of all, you can find the show notes for this episode if you head on over to laurahornart.com forward slash the podcast forward slash 88. I also wanted to talk about Instagram. We love it when we see your Instagram stories. So if you enjoyed this conversation, take a screenshot of it, share it over on Instagram, let us know what you loved about it. And don't forget to tag in Sonal as well so she gets to see it. Her Instagram handle is S-O-N-A-L-N. So it's Sonal N. All right, then everyone, I think that's everything. I hope that you have a lovely week and that you'll tune in again next time.